1: Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bada ba ba ba. Bell one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 123124. Excludes tax must-up into rewards. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says save on epic rain jackets.
0: If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go.
1: Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners, welcome to Star Diary, what will now be a weekly guide to the best things to see in the night sky. Every Monday, we'll give you a rundown of everything stargazers might want to look up for starting with the week of the 28th of March to the 3rd of April, 2022. I'm Ezzy Pearson, and I'm joined on the podcast today by our reviews editor, Paul Money. So, Paul, what are your recommendations for the coming week?
0: Hello, Ezzy. Yes, uh, we've uh, got an interesting week up ahead. But it's one for early morning people. (laughs) So get your your alarms set because a lot of the events this week happen in the... uh, It's quite an inconvenient time, isn't it? But uh, it's just one of those things. The sky doesn't go by our clock, does it? it? It does what it wants to do. So we start off on the 28th to the 29th with no bright planets in the evening skies. So it's all happening in the morning with Venus, Mars and Saturn because they're joined by the crescent moon. It's a very slim crescent moon below Mars on the 28th. But it's one of those things you've got to bear in mind sort of thing. Around about 6am you've got to look for the low moon rise because although the planets will be up, the moon is below Mars. So, you know, it's going to be one of those things you need to wait until the moon has risen and the sky will be gradually getting lighter. So it's a sort of battle of the planets. Now Venus, well, it's easy, isn't it? It's really bright. So mm-hmm. it'll stay visible even into bright twilight. But it's it's Mars and Saturn that are battling against the actual brightening twilight, but as you wait for the actual moon to rise. So now the thing is. On the next morning, the 29th, Venus and Saturn are actually in conjunction and Mars will be there, to their right. So, Saturn effectively will be as close to Venus as it can get uh, for this particular apparition. So, there'll be a nice little triangle sort of thing, really, uh, for uh, the actual uh, conjunction or series of conjunctions because it's all happening in the next few days, right through to the end. Of March itself, but as I say it, it involves these three planets because they sort of change in position the way out their motions are taking place Venus will be moving to the left of Saturn as Mars slowly creeps closer to Saturn so what happens is, sort of thing, you know, we uh, start to notice that they're getting closer and closer as Venus is moving away from Saturn. You end up with a, a very shallow triangle with Saturn being the apex, but pointing down. <laughs> so, <laughs> we always love a good triangle in the sky. Oh, we do. <laughs> well, we, uh, everything, everything. We, we like shapes because they're mm. easy. The eye is drawn to shapes more than just the odd dot in the sky, unless you're particularly bright like Venus. So when we get to uh, the uh, the 31st, we're actually looking at Venus, Saturn and Mars forming forming this slight, I say, triangle, but you could also argue it's a bit of a curve. Uh, Depends on how you want to define it, doesn't it? But this this is really nice in the morning sky, but you do have to be up, I'm afraid. You know, we're talking about 6, 6 6am sort of thing for this sort of time. So uh, it's a shame, really.
1: Some people get up at that time anyway. Uh, I am not one of them. But some people do. (laughs)
0: And neither am I, (laughs) unless I stay up all night. You know, it's one of those things that I'm not very good at setting alarms and uh, getting up because I usually turn the alarm off and then turn over and go back to sleep. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but I'm better staying up. Uh, I'm one of those, if if it's a clear night, then I'm actually a lot better staying up than uh, trying to put the alarm on or such. But uh, So we've got quite a few uh, arrangements. And the interesting thing is that if you watch for each consecutive morning, you'll see the change in shape of the planets how they're making this sort of strange triangle sort of thing so you know i say right at the beginning they are a sort of not quite a i always think it's funny because it's it's not quite a right angle triangle it's a left-handed triangle sort of thing but you get what i mean you (laughs) know but it gradually distorts (laughs) it reminds me of the plow asterism because over the you know thousands of years um it it actually changes its shape but of course we don't notice from a night to night do we yeah Um, whereas with the planets their motions mean we can can see the change in shape of this grouping over the course of this particular week. So we get to April the 3rd, and in fact, they're almost in a straight line, all three planets. Now, Mars has crept closer to Saturn, because next week, which we'll come to next week, they'll be actually close together and in conjunction. But at the moment, you've got brilliant Venus to the left. This is the third. You need to look a little bit earlier to get the sky a little bit darker. So I'd say around about say, 5.50, something like that, you know, in the morning. Depending on where you are will also affect how bright the sky is, of course. The further north you are, the lighter the sky will be. And the further south you are, the darker it will be. It's just one of those quirks, isn't it, mm. with the actual sky. So we've got this line-up taking place sort of thing as they rise in the morning twilight. And Mars, you can see, is gradually catching up with Saturn.
1: It is remarkable how much of a straight line they're in, actually, um, on on the third It's one of those things that it's. I always forget when I see one of those lineups that they're all orbiting in the same plane of the galaxy, of course, they're all going to go into a straight line occasionally. But it's always amazing when it actually happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and and but lineups like this, you know, they're, they're not as regular as you, you'd think, sort of, because you've got to have a grouping of planets. And so, uh, you know, I mean, two isn't really a line, is it sort of thing, unless it lines up with a, a star. But when you've got three planets, it makes a big difference sort of thing. Now, when we get to our fourth week, hint, hint, they'll be joined by another planet. And there'll be a line of four, but we'll come to that another time. <laughs> Tune back in for that one. Yeah, get tuned in for the next one. It, I mean, Venus is so dazzling. It'll be the one that catches your attention first. And so uh, just you, just wander your eyes to the right, you'll see two more dots, and that will be Mars and Saturn. But i say Mars is rapidly... Mars is the inner planet, of course compared with this. Now, Venus is an inner planet, but Mars is sort of outside our orbit. Venus is inside. So the the motions can be a little bit odd. So Mars is gradually passing or going to be passing Saturn um, whereas Venus is a brilliant planet but it's it's dropping back in towards the solar twilight but it's so bright <laughs> that's the one you can hold on to for the longest so uh, you know quite fascinating to see them in this lineup but you do need several planets together to actually do this and uh, it doesn't always happen but as I say we'll be in for a treat later on in the month. So that's planet-wise. There's not a great deal happening, I'm afraid, in the nice convenient evening time. But there is at least one event we can look at. And on the same day, so we're looking at uh, April the 3rd here, in the evening, look out for the slim crescent moon. Now, you want to be looking about, I'd say about 9 o'clock-ish, But as soon as you can spot the moon sort of thing in the evening sky sort of thing, allow it to get a bit darker the sky because you're going to need that for the next target. Because the crescent moon is right next to Uranus. Now Uranus is getting to the point whereby it'll soon be lost in the bright evening twilight. We will lose it completely for a season sort of thing and then we'll have to wait quite a few months before it merges back into the morning sky. So this is, I, I think this is the best last gasp forgetting Uranus because you've got a nice bright thing something you should be able to find the crescent moon now (laughs) so so we had the crescent moon in the morning sky and it's obviously passed through new phase midweek and so therefore it's now crept into the morning sky and so we're actually got this really it's a very slim crescent moon and it's about a degree from Uranus so you should be able to find them in a good pair of 10 by 50 binoculars. 7 by 50 should be able to spot them as well. But as I say, you need the sky to get a little bit darker so you can pick out Uranus. And Uranus is... Well, it's that planet that we always say is technically naked eye, but it's borderline, isn't it? Sort of thing. It depends on your eyesight and sky conditions, light pollution. There's so many factors that will affect it.
1: It's no Venus. It's, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely not Venus.
0: No, no. I mean, Venus is dazzling, sort of thing. You Put a, a binoculars or a telescope on a Venus and you are dazzled by it near enough.
1: Yeah, Venus <laughs> is hard to miss. You know, oh, like it's exactly. one of those ones that, like, when you're driving along, you'll suddenly go, oh, that star's very bright. Oh, that's because it's not a star.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, that you can see why Venus got called the morning or evening star because it was so obvious. But Uranus, borderline magnitude 5.8 thereabouts sort of thing. So, uh, yes, it's, uh, you do need the sky to get darker to spot that. But binoculars should spot it and it'll be to the right of the crescent moon in your pair of binoculars. So, what else is that? Well, it's, again, the last gas time, really, I think, for the Sword of Orion. I mean, Orion is getting really low in the southwest now in the evenings. So to give us a bit of an evening target, get the Orion Nebula now while you can, because literally in the next few weeks, once the moon's come back round to being full, um, after that, it's gone. It's too low. So this is the chance now sort of thing. There's lots in the Sword of Orion. It starts off with a, a cluster at the top, NGC 1981. It's one of those clusters that gets missed because people go for the Orion Nebula sort of thing. So, you know, it's a shame because I I was thinking um, there's there's two clusters in the night sky that look like (laughs) this is the nerd coming out of me now, the Trekkie. So I think it looks like a bit of a a bird of prey from, (laughs) from the Klingons, but it's down to each everybody's own imagination. And then below that, we've got the region, which includes the Running Man Nebula. Now you do need really a big telescope or photography to bring out the running man to be fair Um, but then of course below that you've got the orion nebula so you know messier 42 and messier 43 uh, and then directly below the orion nebula don't forget there's iota orionis it's a wonderful double you know just nicely split and then there's another double i forget the Struve designation but there's another double below it as well so there's a lot going on in the sword of orion so grab it now this is your last chance really in a, in a reasonably dark sky before it's too low and in the twilight so the first week quite a lot going on there is he
1: yeah certainly sounds like there's a lot going on um you've got some planets uh, also you know orion's always a good good shout i think as well there's just so much going on throughout the constellation of orion and particularly as you said in its belt Thank you very much for joining us today, Paul. It's a pleasure. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Brittany Colley. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify.